Hello, I'm Whitney Sewell, CEO of LifeBridge Capital. I'm thankful that you are with us today and listening to this week's highlights. I hope you will like and subscribe, leave a comment, and we'd love to hear back from you. We'd love to know what you think of some of the news and how you're changing your investing because of it, right? Inform us of what you would like to be informed of. You can email us at info at lifebridgecapital.com. We would love to add things to this report that's going to be beneficial to you. Here's some of the things we're going to cover today in this week's real estate news. 69% of commercial real estate brokers earn more in 2021. U.S. rent hikes are not a concern for most tenants. Real estate market predicted to remain strong. 12% of first-time homebuyers use crypto, build-to-rent investments to grow over the next decade. Multifamily outperformers in 2022 have been identified. And for the latest in the economy, household income can't keep pace with the cost of living. Mortgage delinquency rate falls to pre-pandemic levels. Small business boom is a result of the pandemic. And why an economist believes that a full return to office is next to impossible. 69% of commercial real estate brokers reported that they earned higher in 2021 than in the previous year, according to the latest APTO National Broker Buzz Poll conducted in December of 2021. The results also indicated that 66% of brokers have completed more transactions in 2021 than in 2020. And they're even more optimistic about this year. 60% of brokers expect 2022 to be an even better year in profitability. APTO has noted that the poll results indicate the overall economy strength in 2021, which helped many commercial real estate brokers making more money, especially those focused on industrial or multifamily real estate. Occupancy rates for professionally managed apartment buildings in the country has reached 97.5%, the highest figure on record according to the property management software firm RealPage. In a report by Bloomberg, the occupancy rate rose steadily throughout 2021 without the typical seasonal variation as a result of the pandemic. Such low vacancy levels reflect a historically high number of renters renewing their leases, but even with rent hikes, There's good news for tenants who already signed a lease or never left in the first place. Spikes in rent listings might not affect them much. Rental homes and apartments across the U.S. are also experiencing the lowest vacancy rates in nearly 40 years. A record low number of households moved between March of 2020 and March of 2021, according to a report by the Pew Research Center. Bloomberg also adds that demand for housing continues to outpace supply. And with the Omicron variant surging, many landlords are predicted to stick with their current tenants for this time. More analysts and experts are predicting that real estate trends will be favorable this year. In a report by Fox Business, Mike Aubrey of real estate firm Compass commented that while a lot of industries have been badly impacted by the pandemic, the exact opposite has happened in real estate. Although supply chain issues and construction materials and a shortage of workers are creating a challenge in the home building section, the situation has not dampened the industry, according to Aubrey. He states that people are still wanting to buy, especially in suburbs. 
And because demand for homes has exceeded the available supply, the rental market has come back as strong as it was, especially in New York City. In another report, the National Association of Realtors just announced this week that those who will wait to buy a house until 2022 will have more options to consider as housing demand and supply will move towards stability. In NAR's forecast, three factors are likely to occur this year, which include competition finally easing as new housing supply hits the market, rising mortgage rates will alleviate demand, and home prices continue to rise, but at a slower rate. NAR also included in its forecast that home price growth will no longer reach double-digit rate of appreciation that occurred in 2021. A growing number of American first-time home buyers have used cryptocurrency towards funding their down payment, according to a survey by Redfin. Almost 12% of the 1,500 buyers who participated in the poll sold crypto to help save for their payment in the last quarter of 2021, up from 8.8% the preceding quarter. In the third quarter of 2019, only 4.6% was able to finance their down payment using the same means. The most common response is still saving directly from their paychecks at 52%. According to Redfin, the pandemic has influenced many investors to begin trading cryptocurrencies because of extra time and a lack of exciting ways to spend money. In addition, digital currencies have become popular among millennials and Generation Z buyers who have started exploring the U.S. housing market. But it isn't easy to transfer over crypto investments to lenders. According to MarketWatch, potential buyers still need to cash out their crypto accounts into a separate bank account similar to converting their stock market earnings. In addition, lenders require documentation up to 60 days for a crypto account, which isn't easy to generate through a paper trail. That's the need for conversion. Hey guys, it's Whitney. I wanted to take some time to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com. They're a national private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities. They do this with private accredited investor funds. They have a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and control over $250 million in equity from their investors. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easier for you to start investing in real estate without all the hassles. They even have an average 62% repeat investor rate in each offering they put together. They even have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to fix and flippers locally and across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. To help you learn more, they have put together a free passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download the PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. In other news, there will be demand for an additional 2.5 million units of rental housing over the next decade, according to real estate consulting firm RCLCO. In its report, it predicts that own-to-rent conversions of single-family rentals will remain solid in the next 10 years as purpose-built single-family rentals are on the rise. However, demand will still likely continue outpacing supply should the impact of the coronavirus cause foreclosure rates to spike. Currently, 
debt-burdened mature millennials and renters by choice are driving the surge in demand for larger rental units to accommodate their families. The latter also prefers to enjoy the convenience, flexibility, and low maintenance of renting homes. Now, which multifamily markets are posed to outperform in 2022? New research from Freddie Mac indicates that secondary and tertiary markets in the American West and Florida will be the best cities for potential annualized growth in multifamily investment gross income. In the Multifamily Apartment Investment Market Index released just this week, the index is up by 2.5% quarterly and 3.5% annually, with every market posting a positive value in the third quarter since 2019. NOI grew the fastest in New York and Tampa at 13.2% and 11.5% respectively. Even the slowest growing metro, Minneapolis, posted a strong growth of 3.8%. Phoenix, Las Vegas, Tampa, Tucson, and Albuquerque are projected to post annualized growth in gross income ranging between 6% and 7.6% with vacancies hovering in neighborhoods of between 3.3% in Albuquerque and 4.6% in Phoenix. Meanwhile, Atlanta, Sacramento, Riverside, West Palm Beach, and Fort Lauderdale round out the top 10 list. The report notes that during the early days of the pandemic, many residents have relocated to less expensive and less dense suburbs to take advantage of lower costs of living while enjoying the benefits of flexible work arrangements. In the latest news about the economy, the average household debt has ballooned to a new level. Over the past two years, the U.S. median income fell 3%, but the cost of living rose close to 7% thanks to rising home prices and medical care, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Even with 78% of Americans receiving some form of pandemic relief since March 2020, a separate survey by NerdWallet of more than 2,000 adults revealed that a third of their household financial condition has become worse in 2021. According to CNBC, the average U.S. household debt is now at $155,622, which includes debt from credit cards, mortgages, home equity lines of credit, auto loans, student loans, and other household utilities, which was up 6.2% year over year. Mortgage delinquency rates by at least 30 days fell to 3.8% in October, according to this week's CoreLogic Loan Performance Report. The property intelligence company also indicated improving economic security and the benefits of disciplined underwriting practices over the past decade are the reasons behind the reduction in cases. The report also found out that 82% of the jobs lost in March and April 2020 were recovered by October, accounting for 18.2 million Americans back at work, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. CoreLogic is projecting delinquency rates to further decline in 2022. Now, who would have thought that the ongoing pandemic can influence a surge of new businesses in the country? According to the Census Bureau's business formation statistics, almost 5 million new business applications were recorded from January to November of last year, up by 55% over the same period two years ago. In a report by NBC News, market analysts have noted 
that many people have reassessed their situations during the start of the pandemic by honing their business skills and started venturing into entrepreneurship. For some, the burden of working longer hours now that they're on a work-from-home setup has prompted them to seek opportunities to establish their startups. Another analyst commented that in times of recession, workers tend to stay longer in their jobs, even being underemployed. But the economy today has encouraged them to seek better opportunities by setting up their own enterprises. And speaking of remote work, industry observers are now predicting that such form of work arrangements will become more permanent as of 2022. According to NBC News, the work from home boom has become a new reality that companies must learn to catch up with. An online recruiting company revealed that jobs with remote opportunities receive 300% more applicants than office-based positions. Nicholas Bloom, an economics professor specializing in management practices at Stanford University, said that a full return to office plan isn't going to happen anymore given the current conditions in the economy. Bloom's research revealed that from June of 2020 to November of 2021, employers have increased their work-from-home days from 1.4 days per week to more than two days already, indicating their long-run work-from-home levels as the effects of the pandemic continue to drag on. Some of the country's largest firms have announced pausing their return-to-work plans until the pandemic conditions improve. This includes Citigroup, DoorDash, Google, and Uber. A Gallup research study recommends that corporate leaders develop a compelling office environment to lure employees to return to their workplaces. In the past year, many companies have started investing in improving their office amenities and offering additional perks to employees, such as on-site childcare services and COVID-aware workplace designs. And that's it for this week's highlights for investors. I hope that you have liked and subscribed to the show. I hope you'll leave comments as well or email us at info at lifebridgecapital.com. We would love to hear from you and what you would like to hear in this report. What is helping you the most to make the most educated decisions when investing right now? Again, I'm Whitney Sewell, CEO of LifeBridge Capital. I look forward to working with you. 